I get so much more out of a study where I'm with women who are 80 and 60 and 20 than when I do it by myself. And I think that's very important. And having a spouse who supports you being able to go out and have a ladies night is a huge deal as well. Self-care is not selfishness. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, friends, and welcome to my 15th episode of the Altered Stories show, Healing Conversations with Tawana, How to Best Overcome Christian Parenting Stress. Thanks for listening to the show. My name is Michelle Renee Gutch, also known as Michelle Saunders Gutch, CAO and founder and host of this Christian women's talk show that shares inspirational, personal, and authentic God stories of Christian women who have experienced God's redemption in their difficult circumstances so women across the world can hear them. Today, I'm featuring special guest and mental health therapist, Tawana Clark Shepard and Tasha Callahan, our Altered Stories Ministry Social Media Manager Volunteer. For those of you that don't already know Tawana, she's a board member and the founder of Abundant Living Legacy Life Care. She has now been featured on three episodes and also shared her life-altering God story of mental health recovery, which led her to start her own practice in Overland Park. She is also on multiple broadcast streams via her talk show, Talk About It with Tawana, where she raises awareness to the stigma of mental health. And she does work tirelessly to be a voice for all who battle mental and emotional illness. Who's Tasha? Tasha Callahan is our social media manager volunteer and is a Christian woman and wife of 12 years. She and her husband have six boys. Wow. She's a stepmom to three, biological mother of two, and an incredibly blessed adopted mother to one. She has her degree in computer-aided design, worked in market research, volunteers at her children's school, owns her own small crafting business, works as a preschool teacher's ed, too. She truly loves listening and learning from everyone's life story and being a friend to those in need. Today, I'm excited to share that Tawana will be conversing with Tasha about her experiences as a Christian parent, and the stresses and stress factors that are involved. She will be sharing her godly perspective and wisdom with all of you. So let's get this conversation started. Welcome to Wana and Tasha. Can um, each of you share a little bit with our listeners today about what you would like them to take away from what you will be sharing? I guess I would like to just uh, help other mothers and our parents that are out there uh, dealing with all of the societal stresses that we are put under as parents, as well um, dealing with being a Christian and a lot of today's circles that our children run in and letting them know that God gave you your child because you were the best person for that child. And 
we do not have to listen to everybody around us. Awesome. That is really good. That is really good. Um, I guess I would kind of, it's interesting what I would like people to go away with is kind of piggybacks off of what you said. Um, but it's straight really from Proverbs that talks about trusting in the Lord and not your own, or I would add anybody else's understanding about how to navigate through the day-to-day requirements and stressors of parenting children, particularly as it is related to um, this time of year with a lot of the back-to-school pressure. Um, I think just even the time itself and then a lot of the commercialism that happens around back to school, it just puts this extra pressure and this stress on people to, well, not to, but it also causes you to kind of cave into kind of what everybody else around you is doing and the rhythms and the energy and the spirits that everybody else has going on. And so I would just like people to walk away with a sense of being empowered to kind of simplify back to um, a better understanding of what it is that you should be doing instead of trying to follow and keep up with uh, the Joneses, if you will. With all that, let's get this conversation started. So Tasha, thank you so much. I just want to say thank you, first of all, for just being willing to give your time today um, and for being willing to be brave enough to be transparent Um, I think that is kind of a requirement in order for people to walk away with what we both kind of stated we desired them to walk away with. Um, And so I just want to thank you for that. And I would just like to start with if you could just tell us a little bit about your personal journey um, as a parent, as it relates specifically to um, any particular stressful moments, anything leading up to a, maybe a, a specific stressful moment in your life as a parent? I guess my parenting journey started as being a step parent, and that comes with a whole different set of stresses. And then when I had my biological children, is even more different. And then again, as an adoptive parent, especially because that's within our family, uh, there are completely other set of stresses. But in general, every parent stresses about how their kids are going to grow up, who they're around, what is their moral base going to be, I guess. I guess that's for me. (laughs) I'm not as into the academic stresses as I am into the, the morality. Who are my children going to grow up and be? As a mother of boys, one of my biggest concerns is who are the men, the husbands, the fathers that I am helping to raise? Well, tell us a little bit about that. Um, you mentioned not being into the academic stressors, um, but I'm sure it would be helpful for our audience to hear kind of what is are your are your children school age? And if so, did they do homeschooling, public school, private school? What has been your experience with? My husband and I have been married for 12, but we've been together for 14 years. So my boys were, my stepsons were 15, 9, and 5 when we got together. And so we've been through high school. We've been through middle school. <laughs> we've been through elementary with all of them. 
And then now my younger three are nine, almost seven, and just turned six. And every one of them has done it differently, but they have all gone to public school. They all have a different way of dealing with school. They're brothers, but they are individuals. And I would say that every child, as a parent, it is my biggest duty to figure out how to customize the way I teach, the way I help their teachers understand them, and all of that to each child. I have never had it placed on my heart to homeschool, but we are in Texas, and so we have a state standardized testing, which puts a lot of parents under an immense amount of stress as well as the children. And I often find that people want to label their kid based on those scores. And I myself have even looked and gone, oh my goodness, he is below average. What do I do? What do I need to figure out? What do I, you know, and kind of started that stress. And it was probably in those moments that I decided, you know what, we all have a different calling on our life. And it's my duty to help him do the best he can do. But that doesn't mean he's going to be Einstein at math. And it doesn't mean that we're going to always be the top of the list. And that is okay. That is absolutely fine. Because some of us are called to work with our hands. Some of us are called to work with our minds. And some of us are called to work with our hearts. Finding out what God's purpose is for your life is key. While we do need to focus on academics, you know, make sure our children can read and write and do basic math, things like that. We do not have to label our children and they know when we do it also. They feel the stress from us, from the teachers, from their friends. My youngest doesn't even know what a standardized test was, but I was talking to one of my other children that he had made approaches, which means he's below average. He just heard me say, hey, bud, we you know, are going to need to work on this over the summer. And my littlest one, without even knowing, is just starts pointing and laughing at him and saying, ha, 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 you got approaches. He doesn't know what any of that means. And it deeply affected my son that had gotten this below average grade. And... It was like, that's the kind of stuff, like he got it at home and we were able to work through that. And I was able to have a very good teaching moment for both of them. But kids at school are going to do the same thing. Fortunately for us, our school has tutoring after school with the teachers to help you if you're in need, which is wonderful. You know, you don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to a learning center if, you know, that's something that you don't want to share, you know, anything like that. So you mentioned, um, I think just, it just occurred to me to ask you about the bridge between what you said earlier related to school stress and kind of how you choose to focus your parenting and the realities that it's still there, right? So um, it is great to have enough wherewithal as a parent to know not to focus on that or give more weight to it give more weight to school-related, um, academic-related um, outcomes than you should. So 
tell us a little bit about how you make the bridge or how did you bridge between not doing that, but still supporting um, the need for them to strive for excellence and the ultimate goal being creating men. um, And do you have daughters as well? Are they all girls? I mean, all boys. I have all boys. All boys. Okay. So I won't say women. So creating men of God. Right. So that was kind of I'm paraphrasing what you said earlier, but that being your focus, how did you bridge between supporting them towards excellence, not over identifying with what a test score says and still having the outcome be a focus on being men, men of men of God, men of integrity? We pray. We do family dinner every night with my husband who um he actually works night shifts. And so he's not in the picture as much, um, as I am, but we have always maintained a eat dinner as a family. We pray together. We talk through things. My nine-year-old right now is actually seeing a Christian counselor as he's dealing with some issues that I know as a mom, I'm not objective enough for that. I, I know he needed somebody who has professional skills and tools to give to him that he will listen to her and maybe wouldn't hear it from me. You know, I have him doing that. Uh, We have our area has a wonderful children's church program. I don't know. Maybe y'all have heard of Awana. They have been in that since they were three and that has really helped them because they're, once they get into the kindergarten age, they are separated girls and boys. And so they're surrounded by other boy peers with male instructors. And it really helps them to learn about being men and gentlemen and men in Christ. I'm just a very, I guess, open mom. If they have a problem, I've always made myself available to them. Now, I'm a product of divorce and had to have mandatory three years of counseling after my parents' divorce. And I was given a lot of tools in that time of how to approach things. And I try to use that with my boys. So you utilize some of those tools is what you're saying? Yes. And I just let them talk to me about their feelings and I show them the respect that I would want them to show me. And I say things like, you absolutely have the right to feel what you are feeling right now. They are your feelings. And we, we talk through those things. I try to always reassure them that they're okay. Those feelings are normal. Those things are fine. It's not always about what you're going through, but what you're going to do. Are you ready to stand up and get through this? Do you need five more minutes to kind of handle it yourself? And that's, that's kind of been my approach. I'm a, I was a journaler. So, you know, when they can all write, they might write (laughs) Um, for my little, I have um, my big ones. They even still come to me. Uh, There's a 15 and a half year age difference between my husband and I. So my oldest stepson is only four years younger than I am. And he still will call me and say, Hey, Tosh, I need some help. Or how do I process with this? You know, or if it's his own family issues, he still comes to me. And 
my so they're 30, 23, and 19, almost 20. Every one of them can come to me and we talk through whatever they're going through. And I always bring it back to God is there. You are the one who's responsible for your actions and how do you want to handle this? A big thing that has always stuck with me is you are not responsible for how other people treat you, what they say to you or anything like that, but you are absolutely responsible for how you respond to that. And I feel that that helps them in school because it puts the responsibility on them, but it also gives them that confidence to say, you know what, you're speaking ugly to me or you're making me feel down right now. And I'm not responsible for that. That's you. You are the one that is causing that. Something else that occurred to me as you, as you were speaking about like your strategies and um, you have a lot of what I would, you know, label as um, some really awesome tips that any parent, no matter if they're faith-based or not, could really, really use and, and, and find very valuable and effective in parenting. Could you tell us a little bit about any season where there may have been a, a what you would call a crisis of faith, especially having older children or any um, time where you may have or may be in, correct, uh, should I say right now, might be in watching one of your children struggle with. So they've got Awana and they've got you and they've got the Holy Spirit. And um, it's what I called, I used to tell people about my kids, I have three grown children myself. You know, I tell people my children were discipled at home. Um, They were not just sent to church or sent to Awana or, you know, they were discipled at home as well. You do that, you know, when you walk, you're walking through all of that. And yet you start to witness one of your children having a crisis of faith. Does, does any of that resonate with you? Have you experienced that or are you experiencing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, even myself went through that. I feel like many, many people do. Even those who have been raised in the church their whole life, you know, may come to a point or a situation where now they're questioning everything. Uh, my oldest stepson, his mom is not a believer. And while he had gone to church with friends or things like that, again, he was 15 when I came into the picture and my husband was struggling with his Christianity at that point. Um, He is still not a 100% believer. He still struggles. And all I can do is just show him by how I treat everyone around me and point out Uh, sometimes as quietly as possible, (laughs) the blessings and, and those kinds of things that are happening in my life. Or if I see a blessing happen in his life, I'll say, oh, what a blessing that was. Those planting those small seeds. And that's, that's what we're responsible for. And my 23 year old, he went off to the military. He was in Japan for three years, very quiet, very academic kind of introvert as a high school student, um, now set into this new world 
of being in the military, being away from home and everybody he knows, being in a different country. And he, uh, he also has gone through those steps. And I try not to make a huge deal out of it because if we have done our part, if we have planted those seeds and we continue to point out the blessings and to give them those, those conversations that their hearts are needing, they'll get there. Let's face it, right? The prefrontal cortex is not developed until they're 25 to 30 years old. So those decision-making skills, they have to learn through them. And part of that is, as a parent that's really hard is allowing that to happen. And sometimes that means, and I'm getting cold chills, watching that fall apart and just being there to help them put it back together and to be calm and quiet and settle about it. Because if you get loud and in their face and the I told you so, they're not going to put it back together correctly. And you want to be there at the end when you see it come to fruition. You want to see that seed bloom, but it takes time. And you start when they're really young and they go through those beautiful phases where they're singing Father Abraham and I'm in the Lord's army and they're, they're all about it. And they, they, every answer is because of Jesus and they're sweet and amazing and beautiful. And then they get these other, you know, they get a little older and they have these other influences and, and, and you see some of that sparkle in their eyes start to disappear. And, and then maybe they come back around a little bit, you know, they're still there and and some, you know, and, and every one of them, that's, what's so beautiful about our journey, right? God created every one of us differently to have a different story to share and and a different testimony. Every one of them is different. One struggles, one doesn't. One loses their sparkle, one doesn't. I have been incredibly blessed to be a stay-at-home mother, even though, you know, whole different story, didn't even think I wanted kids. And now I've been so blessed to be able to watch and really be a part of my children's lives and see them grow. We've talked a lot directly surrounding the kids and, and dealing with them and kind of mentoring as well as just lovingly and patiently waiting through as we watch them struggle. You also mentioned the humility and and the way you spoke it, that's what came to me, the humility that it took to decide that you were not the best fit to help one of your children, your younger children, get through a particular set of stressors that maybe were more intense, a little more outside of your wheelhouse, if you will, or your realm of uh, expertise or even skill sets, right? When parents embark upon, I would say, warning signs, and so there are all kinds of warning signs that we might see in our children. Myself as a parent, as well as a mental health professional, where most of my focus is on um, family systems in, in children. Children are my preferred population when it comes to treating uh, individuals with mental health because I just, having mental health treatment available to me as a child 
made such a humongous difference in how much resilience I had to, you know, fight through some of the childhood trauma that I had endured. So we have all kinds of things that we see, um, signs where a child is in trouble. Some of the things are, are, are pretty intense signs. Some of them are more subtle things. We might notice that our child is starting to, for instance, some of the signs that your child is battling maybe some intense stress, depression, um, anxiety, things that might go to the level of possible disorder, right, where you might need to call in outside reinforcements are things like, you know, changes in their mood that are a, a, a bit beyond hormonal or normal, you know, changes in appetite um, one way or the other. You know, sometimes children can start, you know, eating massive amounts. People always look for, you know, appetite decrease, and it's not always that, but just changes, um, changes in their friends that happen, you know, very noticeably. Not changes that, you know, have to do with maybe a different age or developmental stage or maybe even a change in you've moved or something, but changes that are marked and noticeable and concerning in their friends, right? Um, and then just, just, just moodiness that is pretty erratic, you know, so you never know. All of a sudden, you just never know who you're going to get. And again, some of that can be hard to point put your finger on because some of that is typical with, you know, uh, developmental stages and hormonal shifts. But how, what did you notice that with your child, maybe that maybe caused you to say, okay, this is a little more than I can handle or that we can handle? What were some of the things that, you know, helped you make that decision to reach for outside intervention? So uh, I'm going to kind of set back a little bit and tell you about my son and then I'll move forward with that. So my son, I am a very big believer in words. We have the power to speak life and death into anybody. And my son, his name uh, came to me um, straight from God. His name is uh, Caden Jeremiah. And that translates to warrior whom God has appointed. And he was born with a warrior spirit, and he has been an alpha male since he was born. And so being a mom, already having my three stepsons, you know, there's testosterone, there's a pecking order that has to be established. And, and so I've seen some of the, you know, just physical aspects of that, I could say where, you know, one has to be bigger, better, stronger, things like that. So when he came along and was my first biological child, it was just normal. I just saw a lot of this normal stuff, you know, it just, just this a certain amount of aggression. You could just be walking to the door and he would be like, I win. And you're like, I didn't know we were racing. Like, you know, just very <laughs> competitive and, and goal oriented and, he potty trained in three days because he wanted the gifts on top of our refrigerator. Okay. So he's intense. He was baptized at six. He came to me seven or eight months before he turned six and wanted to be baptized, but we waited. We wanted him to truly understand what that means. 
But even before that, he was having some, and I'm going to call it spiritual warfare. He would have these fits. And they weren't like what I thought were typical fits. And this one time in particular, he was just not right and just aggravated and just wanting to fight. And that voice inside of me, the Holy Spirit, just said, grab him and hold on. And I literally grabbed him, laid on my back on my couch, wrapped my legs around his legs and just bear hugged him. And he fought and fussed and I just prayed the entire time. And then he just went limp almost. We laid there in the quiet and took a few deep breaths and he sat up and he looked at me and he said, thank you, mom. And I said, you're welcome, but for what? And he said, for making the darkness go away. And it was at that moment that I knew Satan was after my son. I have worked really hard to make sure that I have an open line of communication with him. And when it came down to looking for outside help, it was him who came to me. We've definitely talked a lot about, you know, the kids and life related to their needs. But Mm -hmm. I want to shift us just a little bit to the importance of how we as parents care for ourselves, because it, it is very important that we care for ourselves in order to care for them. But I think oftentimes, uh, particularly mothers, but pretty much parents in general, but I think there's another layer of weight to it when you are a Christian parent, when it comes to self-care, ways that we have our own cups filled, right? Tell us a little bit about how that works for you, because we know that if we don't care for ourselves in the way, that means that we somehow allow as a priority, we're intentional to allow the Lord to guide us in ways to keep our cups full. And I just want to clarify that because um, I don't personally believe as a counselor, but as a woman of God, more importantly, as a child of the King, that I do well at doing anything myself. And so it's, you know, self-care for the believer must always include being guided by the Holy Spirit as to how to fill your cup, but we ne- but we still need it. So how does that work for you? Well, I go to Bible studies Wednesday mornings, your local church. You can find a women's Bible study Tuesdays or Wednesdays, you know, some have them all days of the week. I do a women's Bible studies Wednesday mornings, or I have now that I am a teacher's aide, I do them on Tuesday evenings. I know that I cannot share what God wants my boys to know if I'm not receiving what God wants me to know. So I have had some beautiful, beautiful friends in Christ, sisters in Christ that have helped me through many things, um, other mothers. And I think one of the biggest things is you should put yourself in those places, step out of a comfort zone, go be a part of a Bible study. Uh, If you have another, you know, Christian friend, another church mom that you know, open up, talk to each other, allow information to flow because 
sometimes they're growing through the same thing, or maybe their kids are older and they've already gone through a similar thing. I think having that ladies time is really important. And I don't mean you have to go to a women's lock-in. You can just have a couple of really good Christian women friends that you go to lunch with once a week and you share and you pray together. Those people that you can lean on that you know want the best for you and your children and you can get advice from them. As a mom and and as a Christian, as a woman, as a wife, I have gone to my friends for many things, but also my mother and having just some quality time with her now. Not all relationships are that way. And mine and hers was, <laughs> that's a whole nother story. But it is where it is now. And, and we have great open dialogue. My beautiful aunt and my amazing cousin, I even have wonderful stepsisters. They are my support system, the people I can cry to and go to or, or eat lunch with. And then I have maybe three friends outside of that. Not a super social person, <laughs> but I think plugging yourself in into a Bible study or doing an at-home one. I have an app that reminds me to do my Bible study, and I can and I can do an at-home by myself. But I feel like I get so much more out of a study where I'm with women who are 80 and 60 and 20 than when I do it by myself. And I think that's very important. And having a spouse who supports you being able to go out and have a ladies' night is a huge deal as well. You know, that reminds me of, I think it's Jeremiah 2.13 talks about the Israelites having committed some sins. And one of them was the fact that they had forsaken drinking from the living water from God and dug their own cisterns and broken cisterns cannot hold water, right? So we have to be very mindful that that's what we are without constant refreshing. And everything you just named is a form of refreshing. And they're not, what I loved about the stuff that you named, it's not these elaborate, go get a massage, go do an aerobics class. They're not these high maintenance Um, things that we tend to think of when we think of self-care. We tend to think that it needs to be elaborate. And one of the things that I absolutely adore and look forward to even more one day when God (laughs) gives me more margin is being able to like host or either partner in Kansas City area, in the Kansas City area where I live now. There is a actually a uh, a Christian-based single mom's ministry. And even some of the things they do are ideas that I've had, but I would love to someday be able to just host an event where it wasn't just single moms. It was maybe parents or women in general, where they are introduced to the simplicity of refreshing themselves on a regular basis away from the complexities that were oftentimes impressed and pressured by um, thinking that we have to, or feeling hopeless when, say, you are a single mom. I was mostly a single mom with no family in uh, where I finished raising my kids, which is here. Um, and so, but, I, but, but because my desire was to stay well 
for the work that God had for me, he always provided support for me to have a moment to myself. I was a single mom mostly that, and I say mostly because I was married, but I was not supported. So it was a toxic marriage, you know? And so I didn't have reliable help to, with the kids, except for when my mom would come into town and praise God, she did that until she passed away. Um, she came into town two times a year. Eventually we got up to that schedule cause she started seeing that I was like dying, but you know, at the same time God was keeping me, but still, you know, she would come into town to help me get a break from the kids twice a year and save on daycare costs. But even that was divine providence. It's really important that we focus on also not being prideful. I think that's another thing that comes to mind as I was listening to you talk, that self-care is not selfishness. And we oftentimes in the body of Christ, because we know we're supposed to be living sacrifices, you know, and, and we're supposed to forsake so much, right? Dying to self, all of that. Um, again, I think the self-care, just even the label gives it kind of a bad rap. But also, we're all as human beings in or outside of Christ, we're very prone to pridefulness. And when you get that pressure to be, you said this very early on in our discussion about just something related to the pressure to, to accept yourself for who you are and that you're okay. And we have so many things that pull us away from that. So when you combine that sense of sacrifice that we think is very holy and it, it if it's a, if it's done through the funnel of the holy spirit it is holy but sometimes it becomes very pride pride based and we're also guilty a lot if we pay too much attention to the world around us what they do how they parent how they care for themselves or don't care for themselves and we can get very very caught up but we have to remember how important it is to care for ourselves, to get rest and refreshment. But we must remember that Christ is at the center of that, right? And so there are the, the things that God tells us really just to come to him. If we're burdened and heavy laden, and he's the one that gives us rest. But there's also just some very practical things that once we do that, then God will guide us to those things. He gives us the works part of, right? So we have the faith with the works part. And so we just need to be intentional about um, things like gratitude. Practicing gratitude can go a long way. Setting intentions, you know, with how you start your day, being intention with rest, making room to just have healthy dialogue, like you said, with other women, mothers, and all of those things. Being mindful deep breathing, all of those things as we kind of get ready to wrap up are just tips that I wanted to put out there that pretty much are tucked in to some of the practices that you were, all of the practice you were talking about that help you stay healthy and focused and balanced. And in the end gives you that hope that another day is coming, God willing, and you have what you need as a parent, as a mother to as we say, fight another day. So as we wrap up, is there any, I always like to ask, uh, is there any particular scripture that has helped you on your journey as a parent that you would want to share with our listening audience? 
I have a leather uh, belt type bracelet that I strap on every day. And as I wrap it around my wrist, I read it. And it is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And that has carried me through my entire parenting. I, I read it. I wrap it around my wrist. And I go forward with my day knowing that it's not my plan. It's God's plan. And he is not doing anything to hurt me. It's doing it to raise me up to who he needs me to be. Amen. Well, thank you, Tasha, so very much. This has been wonderful. I just thank you again so much for your time. I pray that God continues to bless you um, and your family and everything that you all do and everything he has for you to lay your hands to as you go forward. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. I've, I've had a wonderful time sharing. Yes. So it's a wrap. And I have to say, this has been an incredible conversation. And I am just so excited to hear what our listeners are going to be able to share in terms of feedback. So you ladies have done an incredible job with um, some really great interaction and conversation that I think will bless our listeners immensely. Um, Also bringing in the word of God and then just sharing, you know, your heart and just experience and perspectives on the whole Christian parenting journey. So thank you again, uh, Tawana and Tasha for taking the time to do this. And as we close friends, Uh, I'd just like to encourage you to share this podcast with your friends and family. Do leave us your feedback. Uh, Take the time to subscribe to the show. And you can also support our ministry by purchasing your beauty products from Lynn Clark with Beauty Counter and starting a fundraiser through Revathon.com. And for those in the Kansas City area, you can also promote your small businesses by doing coupons for professional services on the Ripple.net or sell your items in support of Altered Stories Ministry. Also, you can find this information on our Facebook and Instagram page and then, of course, on our website, at www.alteredstories.org. We also always welcome any sponsors, donations, as we do have many, many God stories uh, that are waiting to be heard, just as you've heard today with what even Tasha has shared in her journey of Christian parenting. We also are still in need of a board treasurer and a fundraising coordinator to help us continue to move our ministry work forward. And we are definitely open to remote volunteers. So if you know anyone, please have them contact me at msaundersgutch, M-S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S-G-O-T-T-S-E-H at gmail.com, or you can hit our website and leave me an email. Thanks again, and until the next time, Be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a new, non-profit evangelistic talk show for women. 
Our ministry is located in Overland Park, Kansas. And if you enjoyed listening to today's show, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of everyday women too. So why don't you share the link to our podcast on your social media? And we welcome your feedback. So let us know what you think. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories. We welcome your tax-exempt financial donations. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, log on to our website, alteredstories.org. That's alteredstories.org.